10 days, 11 days, uh, who knows uh, if they'll go into overtime, but May 31st is the deadline for the state legislature to pass measures with simple majorities. What haven't they done that they said they were going to do? Of course, they've got to pass a budget that starts July 1st. they got to pass that before then for the governor to enact it. You've also got the maps that are still lingering out there. Not sure if we're going to see maps dropped at the last minute, uh, but lawmakers working on that as well. So those are two of the big major things that we anticipate. But there's a bunch of other bills that are moving through the legislature. Um, and we're going to take a little trip back to mid-January, whenever a massive, sweeping, criminal justice police regulation bill passed in the final hours of the previous General Assembly, uh, and then the governor, he ultimately signed it. And all throughout that, from the last-minute passage of the bill to the governor signing it, there was indication that they would need to bring back some legislation uh, to fix some of the problems, uh, with especially... Uh, the police regulations that the bill included and the criminal justice provisions that the bill included. Uh, To join us now to talk about what has or has not happened uh, to go along with what the supporters of the measure said that they needed to do and even the governor acknowledging that there's some things that need to be cleaned up uh, is Jim Kaichek. He's with the Illinois Sheriff's Association. Jim, thanks for taking time with us here on the WMAY Morning News Feed. Sure, Greg. Thanks for having me. So what has or has not happened to address some of the problems that uh, that bill had? Well, to this point in time, there there has been no legislation that's been introduced uh, to address the issues that, that we have identified. But we as a law enforcement coalition, so that would be um, the Sheriff's Association, Illinois FOP, and the Illinois Chiefs, have provided uh, language uh, that ultimately <laughs> culminated in being about 403 pages uh, of changes to make the bill uh, not not uh, affect the integrity uh, of the changes that they made in the lame duck session, because that was one of the, the parameters that the House sponsor, Representative Slaughter, provided me was, you know, don't, don't change the integrity for which we did, but try to provide something that will make this... Uh, more implementable for for all of you and for the communities. So that's what we attempted to do. And quite honestly, that took us until uh, we sent them that draft on May 7th. So they have that. Um, There have been some initial conversations with them about, you know, areas that uh, they are willing to look at. Much of this has been much more of a discussion about, okay, the, the timeline for each one of these, because the bill was set up in different Uh, waves of effective dates. So you've got July 1 effective dates, you've got January 1 of 22, and then January 1 of 23. And trying to pick this off by, you know, what's hitting us first in terms of changes. And so that's really kind of the the document that we attempted to go at. Um, Our version, by by no stretch of the imagination, means that ultimately we are supportive of the changes that occurred in the lame duck. We're just trying to make changes around the edges uh, that, that make clear up all the, the definitional issues, the, the concerns from uh, an implementation standpoint that, that we can actually hopefully uh, be able to do our jobs. If you could uh, give us like a, a few examples. Of course, we can't go through 400 pages of uh, updates in a trailer bill that you guys are looking to get passed. But what are some of those things like the definitional things? I think um, uh, Sheriff Jack Campbell here in Sangamon County had mentioned something about 
uh, limiting the purchase of certain types of weapons, and just the definitions there were kind of out of whack. Is that the type of thing you're talking about? Yeah, well, in one part of the bill, you had one definition for a duty to render aid. In another part of the bill, the definition is completely different. Same thing for duty to intervene. Um, they have a change in here for law enforcement misconduct that would allow them allow a, a officer to be charged with a class three felony for a policy violation. Well, that's not a criminal charge. Uh, a policy violation is just that. It's a policy violation. It's not a, a criminal component to it. So uh, trying to rectify something there. The whole body camera discussion about, you know, when we turn them on, when we turn them off, um, the ability for an officer to review their body cam footage before doing a, a, a police report. You know, obviously, if I did a DUI, um, I would be able to use my dash cam to see the number of times that someone uh, made missteps on field sobriety testing. Uh, we need those kind of pieces to be included, or otherwise the police reports that are going to come out are going to see, see body cam footage. So uh, those are examples of some of the pieces. And again, it, it's not going after the overall intent, but it certainly is attempting to try to clean up some of the uh, the issues that, that will occur in this. And, and you know, the, the, the changes that they made in terms of crowd control and, you know, just, just things that were clearly put together rather rapidly that have a much more far-reaching impact than, than I think what may have been the intent. But uh, we don't know that if we don't get it changed. And so trying to make it a, a much more... Uh, Oh, I don't know if palatable is the right word, but uh, implementable piece moving forward into uh, July. We're talking with Jim Kaichek. He's with the Illinois Sheriff's Association here on the WMAY morning news feed at 846 now in the capital city. So do you foresee this happening before? I mean, listen, I've, I've covered the state house for years now, and I've seen some pretty big stuff move in short order. Uh, is this something you think is going to happen before May 31st? You know, I, I certainly hope so. Um, as you indicated, we've, we've been around here for a long time, and uh, where there's a will, there's a way. I do know that there is a lot of pressure um, by a number of people to make changes to this before the end of May. Um, I, I do believe that I've heard that on the House side and on, well, on the House side specifically, I've heard a commitment from the sponsor indicating that there will be a trailer bill. Um now, how vast that trailer bill, I think, really ultimately is the, the end-of-the-day question that we're going to have to wrestle with. And at the end of the day, too, Greg, it's not going to be everything that we want. Um, it's certainly not going to be um, peeling back layers of things that, that we just philosophically agree, disagree with and, and will continue to philosophically agree, disagree with. But the, the reality is, is that in order for us to be able to do our job protecting the communities, we minimally need some of these changes that we've included in that package. Jim, something else I wanted to touch base with you on. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, the uh, Illinois Department of Corrections had uh, um, themselves in front of a, a committee uh, of the legislature, and they were talking about vaccine rates and uh, you know how they're doing with the, the COVID-19 uh, situation in the state's prison system. But you did have lawmakers raise uh, issue with the ongoing problems that they're hearing from their sheriffs uh, when it comes to transferring IDOC inmates from county jails to the IDOC facilities. Where are we at with that? Well, Greg, I wish I could tell you that we were back to normal. I mean, as we now are in the, the bridge to phase five, you would think there would, there would be a, a transition with that, uh, as there has been with the rest of society. Uh, the same thing would apply to the jails. 
in the in the prisons. Unfortunately, uh, we've not seen that same transition yet. And trying to get answers to the questions of, you know, when your your population continues to be down as much as it is in DOC, why aren't we in a position where we can go ahead and move people? Why can't you designate wings to be dedicated to folks coming in? Um, it's amazing, again, you know, over a year plus time now that the county jails have been able to figure out a way to manage their situations in the jail with an in-and-out population, unlike, you know, something that DOC doesn't have to deal with. Um, but we've been able to manage that uh, and learn from, you know, the, the good things we've done and from uh, some of the things that maybe weren't as positive. But uh, finally, um, in the last few days, there have been some initial conversations between myself and DOC, at least talking about trying to deal with the financial responsibility that the state uh, quite honestly dumped on county jails and county across the state by having to maintain their prisoners in our systems. Um, that, that discussion is at the very early stages, but I, I'm hopeful that at some point in time, maybe this is the start to try to deal with this issue, transparency of who gets accepted and when, and when ultimately we can get to the point where we can go back to where we were, which is if I had somebody sentenced today and I called before three o'clock, I was delivering them to their doorsteps tomorrow, as opposed to this, you know, where we're waiting 90, 120, in some cases, 150, 180 days to be able to transfer. Definitely something that uh, is just one of many things that law enforcement have to contend with here um, as we, we continue to see different uh, movements for COVID-19 mitigation and the like. Uh, Jim Kaichek with the Illinois Sheriff's Association. Um, uh, just real quick, if you could just react to the, the loss of a, a, of a veteran officer uh, in Champaign, Chris Oberheim, 44 years old, died of wounds, uh, suffered in a shootout with uh, with a suspect in Champaign. Uh, you guys have a tough job. Well, I, obviously, my prayers are for his family and, and the family of the other officer that, that's obviously still hospitalized but in stable condition. Uh, Greg, you know, the, the saddest thing about all this is these kind of things are nothing but on the increase right now. And why do we think that is? Um, th- this, Unfortunately, the attacks on law enforcement are where they used to get an awful lot of attention and concern and people, you know, sending out prayers and support for, for those folks that were involved in these, it, it has become too commonplace um, to say the very least. The attacks on law enforcement this year alone have been, I mean, we're, the, the numbers are increasing uh, astronomically at a rate that, you know, as we continue to find, a, find ourselves in a, in a world of, less and less accountability, what do we think is going to happen? Jim Kaichek, Illinois Sheriff's Association. Always appreciate connecting with you, and uh, we'll probably connect again soon before the end of the session, so uh, we'll see you out there at the Capitol, all right? Sounds good. Thanks, Greg. Yep.